Next on BYU Sports Station, the long-sought-after complete game. BYU football wins at Michigan State. What was the most impressive part of that victory? ESPN's Trevor Maddich will weigh in on the Jamal fence, Taysom Hill, and his new adjusted win total for the Cougars. Plus accountability on our going for two picks. And the biggest play of the game you may have forgotten about. Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation. Brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. We are live, and it is great to be back on a winning Monday in Radio Vision, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere October 10th. Wherever and however you're dialed into BYU Sports Nation, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with Macarena dance choreographer Jerem Jordan. That would be Ty Detmer if you saw the video. <laughs> Can we just call Ty Cotton Eye Joe? Can we just nickname him that right now? You know what I feel like? I'm, I'm like super energized on this Monday, obviously after a big win for BYU. I feel like kicking someone into a hole. Wow. After, after that gif we sent out from BYU Sports Nation <laughs> from 300. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Yeah, BYU took care of Sparta, Sparty, <laughs> the Spartans. What a win, man. Whatever you want to say. And they lived it up post-game celebration in the where, locker room. Where were you? Like, I, I, I wanted to see them. you dancing. I could hear them celebrating in the locker outside room? of the locker room. Yes. Hey! Hey! The whole time. And I could hear them at <laughs> halftime. BYU trailed 7-3, to three, and I could hear them getting ramped up before they came mm. back out onto the field. Like, the energy was so high. If you Even down 7-3 at half, then? Yes. Okay. That's if cool. you haven't seen the videos, uh, they were posted of BYU players and coaches dancing to music. After the game, including so much celebration. Ty Detmer doing the Macarena. It's hilarious that they just have the Macarena on like Who, demand. Well, Ty's like, this is my song. This is the one I know. <laughs> that or Cotton Eye Ty's Joe. Ty's the one like, whoa, who played the <laughs> Macarena? Click. <laughs> Kalani Satake also dancing. A video came out with Jack he and, he and Jack DeMooney. The yeah. lights are flipping on and off. Yeah. Some, for some reason, Micah Hanneman still has his helmet on. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone else, like, some guys don't even have a shirt on. He's got full gear Micah's got to take care of his hair. He's thinking, he's thinking about his hair. Really? I don't know. He's probably got the skull cap on. <laughs> uh, just, it was so fun. There was so much joy in that moment for BYU. It felt like in a lot of ways, because of the gravity of that win, yeah. a win like that in the Eastern time zone against the defending Big Ten champions, and I know they're down a little bit, but to win, hey, convinc- take advantage. To win convincingly was such yes. a huge monkey or off the back of all the coaches. Oh, yeah, the beginning of the season. We'll break it down coming up, but yeah, what a win. What a win. And Jamal's dance with you, by the way, was awesome in the postgame. I had you, to you team up. You summoned it. Yeah. I had to team up. It was up. great. That was the best question you asked all night, man. <laughs> that was great. I'm glad I did something good. Yeah. I'm glad the trip was worth it. It was worth it for that. Before that, I don't know. <laughs> Here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Great to be back with you, man. <laughs> <laughs> BYU football beat Michigan State 31-14 to in East Lansing Saturday. The Natives left the building with about seven minutes to go. It was an incredible sight. The BYU-led Jamal Fence went 163 yards for the second-leading rusher in the country and two touchdowns. BYU now 3-3 three and three on the season, halfway point of 2016. Mississippi State up next, but let's revel with Kalani Satake a little bit more on that win. I feel good about the game and just really happy about our players and our coaches that worked extremely hard for this win. 
and I'm glad it all came together. You know, um, all three phases were great, and uh, really looking forward to celebrating this one. He got his complete game, and then yep. I followed up, and he said, now I need a perfect game. Yeah. <laughs> yep, that's classic around these parts. BYU Keep going. hosting Mississippi State. Homecoming, Friday at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Countdown to kickoff starts at 9 Eastern on BYU TV. BYU Sports Nation will be live on Friday morning, I believe. From the stadium. From the stadium. And this Thursday at the BYU store, by the way. So we're going to be out uh, two days this week. They're going to let us out. It's always fun when they let us out. It's great. (laughs) Let them out of the cage. (laughs) Cougars in the NFL, week five. Uh, Dennis Pitt had seven catches for 59 yards for the Ravens against the Redskins. Kyle Van Noy had three tackles for the Lions. He's getting a little more run. Against the Eagles, Van Noy tweeted the following after BYU's win. Okay, Brigham, holding down in Michigan today. Congrats, BYU football. 13th-ranked BYU women's volleyball. Big sweep against Pacific in the Smithfield House on Saturday. Three sets to none. McKenna Miller had a team-high 12 kills in that victory. And the only bad thing about the weekend, number 5 women's soccer lost on the road Saturday to 25th-ranked Pepperdine, one to nothing. BYU was too distracted by that beautiful ocean. The Waves scored in the 75th minute on the only penalty kick BYU has allowed this season. The loss ended the Cougars' 11-game unbeaten streak, but it makes the West Coast Conference race a little more interesting. Now what's interesting is when BYU scores a goal, they win. Yeah. Like There are a lot of teams that score goals and still lose, like 2-1 mm-hmm. to one or mm-hmm. tie. One. When BYU scores any goal... They win. They didn't score, and that's been the case for all three of their losses this season. And the tie, Santa Clara. Is something, is something about, yeah, flipping that switch. Rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Down goes Sparty. We just went over it. BYU beats Michigan State 31-14 in East Lansing. One of the most, maybe the most, Impressive win in all of BYU football independence. A discussion for another day, but it's just good to get that signature win. Oh, there were yeah. so many impressive parts about that game between individual performances, position group performances. So we're going to ask you to decide what really got your attention. Our Twitter question today is what's the most impressive, what was the most impressive part of BYU's win over Michigan State? Use the hashtag BYUSN at Kugbaka. BYU winning by so much that the Michigan State fans left early. Hashtag no last minute drive needed. This was the first time BYU wasn't in that position. They were driving to pour it on and and to salt it away, right? Which was awesome. And as you mentioned, the natives were restless there. Holy and cow. Listen, this this is kind of a classic situation here where you look back and you go, Oh, that was a that was a great win. And that team kind of struggled that year. If BYU won that game traditionally, it doesn't matter because guess what? BYU can't control if Michigan State's good or not. They can just go in there and win or not. So I applaud BYU for going in there and doing what they did, which was the biggest win of the season. Kalani Satake's first true road win comes at Michigan State. How about that? That's a good way to How start things that, on the road. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's a good way to go. Things changed when you look in terms of like momentum and the feeling when BYU converted that third down and goal on the pass from Taysom Hill to Colby Pearson, which was a great route by Colby and an even better catch because he had about 0.3 seconds to locate the ball and secure it. He did. BYU takes the lead and then it just, they never let, they never let it go. No, it started to just move all in BYU's favor. They started to win in every little battle in the trenches and just the will that BYU 
imposed on Michigan State was something that really, really impressed me. And that plays into what impressed me the most, Spencer. Um, it, it's the fact that BYU offensively went in there, and after a week where it was, it was uh, run-and-gun, shootout style, right, BYU was able to go into East Lansing, Michigan, and they dominated the line of scrimmage on both sides. And specifically, Taysom Hill is what impressed me the most. His decision-making was dynamite. He only threw for 138. He's had a couple games like this where he does not throw for a lot, but BYU wins big, and you look around and you go, this isn't the traditional equation for BYU winning. Where's the 300-yard passer? Where's the what? It didn't matter because BYU ran the ball effectively. Uh, Taysom Hill uh, just ate rushes for 47, but he wasn't sacked ever, which was a big deal. And his decision-making was great. There were third and eight conversions, third and nine. BYU ends up 10 of 16 on third down. BYU was efficient. They were so efficient. In fact, in the second half, they were perfect on offense, which brings us to the stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. BYU scored a touchdown on all four possessions in the second half. They scored 31 unanswered, that field goal before the end of the first half, and then four straight, and then they kneeled it out. I don't count that one at the very end. Four straight possessions for touchdowns. And here is what Taysom Hill told you after the game. Yeah, you know, I, I feel good. I, I, don't, I don't feel any different than I have at the beginning of the season from now. Um, but, you know, I, I let my teammates know that I was going to do everything I could to get the win today, and, and that's what I did. And, and, uh, but, you know, it's easy to, to play my position and do what I do when you have guys like Jamal and, and the O-line that we have in front of me. So, you know, kudos to those guys. They, they played really well. But also kudos to T- Taysom Hill, because remember before the season, we talked about this. He said, okay, if there's a first down or a touchdown needed, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make the play. He did in this game for the first time, I think, this season, where he, stu- he stuck his head in there and got a first down at the very end, and that emphatic kind of th- like throw his fist in the air. That was the exclamation point on this game, which was awesome. There were two emphatic fist pumps from Taysom Hill in this game. The emotion was there. Just he was clutch. He was a clutch performer on third down and like you said made very good decisions. He just seemed uber confident. And I tweeted this out during the game after he stiff-armed the Michigan State defender mm-hmm. down the sideline and ran out of bounds. When he can do what he does naturally, everything gets better for BYU. When he yes. can run the ball, just the threat of him running the ball because Really, you look at the first few games, and, and it wasn't quite there. The threat of him running now is back. Teams have to respect that again, and that yes. makes everything better for BYU's offense. Oh, by the way, the, B, the fact that BYU is a chameleon on offense, last week was a shootout, this week was a ground and pound, and BYU yes. can hang with that. I'm telling you what, Boise State or who, whatever, Houston even, they could not adapt their offense in that way. The fact that Ty Detmer has played 14 years in the league, we have seen it in the last three games where he, Ty Detmer has it going on right now because he's making adjustments, he's adapting to the circumstance he's in. It, I've been really impressed by the BYU offense the last three weeks. We gave him a really hard time, and they deserved it after the first three games, but they've been awesome. I want to say something about the BYU offensive line, and they, for me, take away the most impressive award. Because of their consistency and the way that they were grinding all game long in terms of getting BYU into position to make the move they did in the second half. 
I mean, the hogs up front were so impressive. Not flashy per se, because the offensive line has a hard time being flashy. They just found a way to wear down Michigan State. I was on the sideline. I was on the Michigan State sideline in the second half. You should have seen their facial expressions and how quiet it was. They were defeated early in the fourth quarter. They were done. I prefer broken wills over broken bones. And their will was entirely broken because BYU won in the trenches. They could not stop BYU. BYU beat a Big Ten team at their own game. How about that? How about that? What a win, man. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Incredible performance by the BYU offensive line. And that spurred Jamal Williams to another memorable afternoon. By the way, he's that much closer to running down Harvey Unga. On his way to BYU football immortality, Jamal Williams is chasing Unga on BYU Sports Nation. Jamal Williams now has 3,392 career rushing yards and is all of 64 yards away Mm. from passing Harvey Unga for the all-time rushing record at Brigham Young University. That last run of 62 yards at the end made it so he didn't have to have like a 136-yard game. He only needs 64. He's going to do it Friday at home. That's going to be so cool. He's averaging 144 yards, needs 64 <laughs> for that BYU immortality. You know, Sports. and I, he'll he'll be the first to tell you, look, my buddy Squally Canada was awesome as well. And we'll get into that a little bit later. There were well, so many too. impressive yeah. things. Yeah. Up next on BYU Sports Nation, we review our going for two picks from the weekend. Who's the new leader? But first. ESPN analyst Trevor Maddish. What does he think was most impressive about BYU's win? BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Simulcast on BYU Radio, moving pictures on BYU TV in our conversation. Rolling on a Monday right now on Twitter. Follow at BYU Sports Nation. When you tweet in, use the hashtag BYUSN. There's plenty to discuss this week with BYU football, including after further review. One of the best hours of BYU football on television. It's coming up tomorrow night, 7 Eastern time, as the guys break down BYU and Michigan State and preview another MSU, Mississippi State, coming into town. BYU a seven-point favorite right now against the Bulldogs. Look out. Our Twitter question today, what was the most impressive part of the BYU win over Michigan State on Saturday at BYU LASF Jazz says Jamal Fence. Yeah. Only 26 yards away from leading all of college football, just going to get easier. I don't know about that, about getting easier. But yes, yes, it is getting, it will get easier. Well, Mississippi UMass, State, and Southern Bo- Utah, Boise State, Utah State, Cincinnati. That is easier. I'm yes. not talking about November. Those are those games are November. We're talking about the first two in October, the last two in October. No, he's say. talking about the first half of the season, dog. <laughs> Five power fives, four on the road, man. I'm just tentative. You just play one, two home games, one game at a time. Joining us what now are you on, on the, the team. Yes, joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline is Trevor Maddich, ESPN college football analyst and expert. Trevor, let's start with the Twitter question today. What was the most impressive part of BYU's win at Michigan State? 
the way they made the plays that had to be made in front of them to break this thing open. I mean, it was a tough, tough fight for the first three quarters. But BYU, whether it was Taysom Hill picking his spots to run, or whether it was a key throw and an amazing catch, whether it was the the big plays by Jamal Williams to dispirit the Michigan State defense. When BYU was presented with a situation, they mastered the football required in that situation. Another amazing performance from Jamal Williams. The Jamal fence is going well. 30 carries, 163 yards, two touchdowns. What impressed you the most about Jamal's performance? I love the way he finishes runs. When he's corralled, when his journey's over, he doesn't just cover up and go to the ground. He does like great running backs in recent years have done. Derrick Henry, who won the Heisman Trophy for Alabama last year, did this, where he'll, he'll single out a defensive player, and he'll punish the guy. I mean, it, after, at the end of the game, you know, by the time the fourth quarter rolls around, defenses hate to see the ball handed off to Jamal Williams because they know that they will tackle him probably, but it's going to hurt them more than it will hurt Jamal. And I think that's one of the most impressive things about the way this guy runs. He is second in the country for the second week in a row in overall rushing yards. He added two more touchdowns to his total as well. So the numbers have been very good. But because of what he did against Michigan State, Trevor, do we need to seriously look at Jamal Williams as a potential Doak Walker Award finalist? Well, I think you kind of do. Uh, I think you absolutely kind of do. I mean, you look at some of the, uh, the running backs that are making a lot of noise this year. You're talking about Christian McCaffrey at Stanford, but he was kind of banged up against Washington State last week. Uh, and UCLA and Washington corralled him the two weeks before. You know, and so you've got Jamal Williams now. Uh, the way he runs, the joyfulness that he brings to the game, which ends up on camera that fans love when they watch. You know, the fact that they've got a couple of primetime games coming up now that he can showcase his stuff against good opponents. I think put him in, on the radar as somebody that the folks that vote for the Doak Walker need to pay attention to. Through the first six, that's been incredibly impressive. I was really impressed, too, uh, Trevor, by Taysom Hill. He was the most impressive thing for me, actually. His decision-making, like you mentioned, was incredible. You look at BYU's numbers, they don't blow you away. Uh, 398 yards of total offense is not uh, you know, going to lead the country or anything. 138 passing yards. It hit me last week um, that BYU is going to be, if, if they're going to be successful, they're going to be able to, uh, they have to run the ball. What do you think of where BYU's at through six games in terms of their ability to run the ball and the play of this offensive line? Well, they need the threat of running the ball. Even if it's not working in a given game, as long as the defense fears it and as long as they focus on the run first, then everything else opens up. And especially if they focus on the run in a traditional pro-style set where they expect the quarterback to hand the ball off to the running back, and that's the run. I think that's one of the great things in this game that we saw is that the, the, the same old Taysom Hill that we grew to love as a dynamic playmaker with his legs popped up from time to time. It's not that he had a lot of big runs. I mean, his longest run was only 12 yards. But when he decided to pull it down and go, it was at a key moment when the 
the Cougars needed him to make a play with his legs, and he did. And I think now, because that threat is kind of reemerging with the BYU offense and Ty Detmer figuring out how to use him, when to use him, so as not to overuse him on the ground to expose him, that adds to the running threat. And so when you think about the run, BYU doesn't need to run for 260 yards every game for this whole thing to work. It's just that the defense needs to devote enough resources to keep them from doing it that'll then open up the other, other side of the passing game and Taysom running himself. ESPN's Trevor Maddich with us on BYU Sports Nation, another Maddich Monday. As good as the running game has been for BYU, specifically Jamal Williams, what kind of credit should we be giving to the BYU offensive line? Because remember, just a few weeks ago, after the UCLA game, they got hammered verbally. So how much credit do we give to the offensive line? Tremendous credit to the offensive line. They have gotten so much better week to week to week, and even with injuries. I mean, that's another thing. that The future looks bright because all of a sudden a lot of young guys have had to play. But the, the way that they protected the passer, I think, has gone unnoticed because of the rushing stats. They, BYU didn't give up a sack in this game, did they? I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't believe they did. Um, and so, so you start there. And then when you look at the offensive line and the way, the way they're playing now, they're understanding how to be successful in this system. You don't necessarily have to drive your man three yards down the field and then pancake him onto his back. First and foremost, you need to be blocking the right guy with good technique, push him, and stay on your feet. And if that's all you do, then a back like Jamal Williams can make your block better by going one direction to get the defense to start to move and then cut back. As long as you're pushing on him, then Williams can do the rest. And I think it takes time for offensive linemen to realize what a good block actually is in a game. It took me a long time to realize that. And I used to think that if I didn't drive my guy down the field, I had failed. And then all of a sudden, I kept on getting praise left and right when I did what I just told you. Stay on your feet, use the right technique, push on the guy, and let the back do the rest. And so that's not ideal, but it's enough to get 260 yards against a Michigan State team that is known for its physicality. Absolutely, and you were right, BYU, uh, Michigan State, yeah, uh, no sacks. You're right in, the, in that game. Um, BYU and now Mississippi State um, coming up Friday. But first, the uh, defense for BYU. They only give up 206 total yards and 14 points, seven of which came on the opening drive and then seven later when it was kind of just out of hand. What did you think of their performance? They were magnificent. You know, the defense has been, has been really good all year long. They had, you know, uh, uh, they gave up a lot of points and yards against Toledo. Toledo's an outstanding offense. Uh, but I think that the defense really epitomizes what this team is about this year. You see the way they trust each other. They play team defense. How many guys they'll put into the NFL, I'm not sure. I think they'll put probably a good three or four by the time this whole thing is done. Or at least they'll have a chance to be in the NFL. Uh, but, Overall, the, the sum is, or the whole is greater than the sum of the parts. And that's one of the things that stands out about this BYU team this year so far is the way that they play for each other. They are passionate about their teammates and about their coaches. And they play for one another. And you can tell when that happens just by watching the way that they perform. They trust each other. And they play to the whistle. They never quit. I mean, this, this BYU defense is inspirational. And it doesn't have to be that they play football in an inspirational way. They play team sport in a way that I think any team 
should look to and say that's how we need to be in terms of how we see ourselves as part of a team and how we trust each other and love each other. BYU opens as a seven-point favorite against the Mississippi State Bulldogs, who are down this year in the SEC, nonetheless still an SEC team with SEC recruits and players. What do you think of the matchup on Friday night between the Cougars and the Bulldogs? This is a, this is a game that, uh, if BYU wins it, will be a quality win. Michigan State, I think it's a lot of grief right now. They're 2-3. and three. But the games that they lost were to LSU and to Auburn. And that there's there's you know there's excuse me they lost another one they lost a they lost another game at home, but two of the three losses were to to really good SEC teams right now Auburn's actually uh, on the rise and the the thing that they bring especially on offense is great balance they average about 200 yards rushing and 200 yards passing uh, per game and so this will be another strong test for the BYU defense because they will not be able to relax. Yeah, it was South Alabama, and that was a disappointing loss uh, Yeah, at the beginning of the season, as you mentioned. We're at the halfway point uh, for BYU. They're 3-3, three and three, which I think is maybe a win or maybe at where we thought they might be. Um, do you have an adjusted win total for BYU in the back six of this, or do you think they're on uh, pace for what you thought? Well, remember, I thought that if they won six games with this schedule, it would have been a good year. Seven games would have been a very, very good year. Uh, if you look at the last three games, You've got Southern Utah, UMass, and Utah State. Those are three very winnable games for BYU. Uh, that would put them at six. So that's assuming that they do win those games, by the way, as we all know, especially that Utah State game is really tricky. Um, but the next three are Mississippi State at Boise and at Cincinnati. And so whether or not they, they pull ahead of that six-win total, I think will depend on how those three weeks go. And the 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 success of this team, I think the quality of this team, the trajectory of this team uh, shouldn't be judged based on the win total. I think this team is much better than 3-3. Three and three. Remember this, that, that two of their three losses came on the strength of a pick six. One of those pick sixes against Utah, a ball was tipped up by a BYU receiver into the arms of a Utah defensive back who had been beat on the play. He was just standing there. And if that ball doesn't get tipped up, he just, he just looks at his receiver, catch the ball. Instead, he scores a touchdown. So BYU is that close to being 5-1 and one right now. So I think that uh, if, they, if they get to six games, it'll be fine. If they get to seven games, it'll be very good. If they get to eight wins, I think this could be seen as one of the best performances in recent memory by a BYU team and coaching staff. ESPN's Football Power Index has BYU with a 14% chance to run the table and finish the regular season with nine wins. Now, I know I just preached one game at a time, take care of Mississippi <laughs> State, then Boise State. What do you think of BYU's chances to legitimately run the table in the back half on the wave of confidence they're riding right now? I, I think that the way the schedule shapes up in the back half, it makes it more likely that if the schedule were different. We talked about the next three games, Mississippi State, at Boise, at Cincinnati. If those three games were the last three, it would be harder because attrition takes place. BYU is, has done a magnificent job fighting through injuries in key places uh, on, the, on the defense and on the offense, especially on the offensive line. And I think the, the farther you go into the season, the more your depth comes into play. And I think that, that BYU's depth and their starters will be in much better physical position to give their best in the next three games than they will in the last three. So, you know, do I think they'll win out? Uh, 
you know, as a, as a BYU guy, one only hopes. But I think as an analyst, I think it would be difficult for them to win out because of the quality of the next three teams that they've got to face, two of them on the road. Yeah, the idea of nine wins caused me to put on our blue goggles here in uh, Studio <laughs> B, Trevor. The, the, the flashing yeah. Cyclops kind, you know what I'm you saying? You know what, though? That's what it's about, right? If you can't put on your blue goggles and have fun, you know, if you can't wear a BYU Cougar T-shirt underneath your business suit when you go to the office, <laughs> you know, then you're not having enough fun. Exactly. This, is one, this, this season, to me, is one of the most fun seasons to watch. Not as an analyst, but just as a guy that went to BYU and loved the program and all that stuff. One of the most fun seasons. Now, it's also been exasperating and, and painful with those close losses, but, but it's been exciting all the way. And the close wins have been fantastic. And then finally, finally, BYU fans got to know what it feels like to have their team run away with the game in the second half and not wonder what the outcome would be and just enjoy the physical domination. And this whole thing has been an amazing ride to watch. And I thought at the beginning of this season, Trevor, and I agree with you, this has been fun. BYU's not been blown out, so these losses are close. So they've been a little more tolerable in some way, if losing is tolerable at all. Um, and each week there's a compelling game. Now it's Mississippi State. Next week it's Boise State on the road. The next week it's Cincinnati. Then, then BYU gears it down at that point, but they probably deserve it at some point. So these next three weeks for BYU, what – what do you think could happen for the Cougars with Mississippi State at Boise State at Cincinnati? You know, if, they, if they're able to beat Mississippi State, I think at Boise is the, is the most losable game. Boise is, is a quality team. I mean, a quality team. They will be in, in the running at the end to get the group of fives automatic berth for a New Year's Six Bowl. They're good enough to do that, and they're good enough to win a New Year's Six Bowl this year. They've got an NFL-caliber quarterback in Brett Rippon. They've got... Uh, uh, a receiver who's one of the best um, in the country, Spurbeck, at making acrobatic catches. I mean, Boise is an exciting team to watch. But if they're able to beat Mississippi State, then all of a sudden they go to Boise playing with house money. And then when they go to Cincinnati, uh, I think that they can, they can put everything on the line against the Bearcats because the following week is Southern Utah. Nothing against Southern Utah, but BYU will be favored by a mile in that game. So really, you know, we all look at this from a standpoint of the, the rest of the schedule and how it plays out, which is fine. But from a team standpoint, they need to maintain the focus that has gotten them to this point because this game against Mississippi State is not a must-win, but if they win it, a lot of possibilities open up going forward. Trevor, let's finish with this. We're at the halfway point of the college football season, and in your opinion, what is the biggest story nationally within all of college football? I think the, the biggest story nationally is how powers that we thought would be playoff contenders have really faltered. Notre Dame has, has fallen off the table. I don't know. Notre Dame is just, boy, they, they, they've got all kinds of problems, especially on defense. Um, Stanford has now lost uh, a couple of games. Their star has injured Christian McCaffrey. At least he's dinged up. And Stanford has kind of fallen away. Oregon, for goodness sake, what in the world is going on with Oregon? That's one of the, the national brand names, one of the teams that you expect to be. Yeah, there you go. One of the teams that you expect to be competing for a playoff year in and year out. You look at those three teams, and if you came into the season and said before the season started that all three of them were going to be irrelevant by the time we get into mid-October, I think people would think you were nuts. And to me, that's one of the, one of the great things about college football, that, that teams that aren't supposed to be good can rise up 
and be stars. Washington State right now is one of those teams. I still think Washington State might win the Pac-12. They just might do it. And that's, that's, what, that's one of the things that really stands out to me about this season. Trevor, great stuff, my friend. Uh, ESPN College Football Insider, expert, and a man who is thoroughly enjoying the BYU football season. We'll talk to you again soon. All right. Thanks, guys. Trevor Maddich of ESPN with us on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. Impressive stuff from T. Maddich. And again, he's not shy about stating what he really <laughs> thinks about Jamal Williams. Oh, yeah. Last week he said he could start at Alabama. And we were like, what? Wow. But, hey, his numbers are pretty impressive. I'm not sure I'll agree with that exact comment, but he's balling out, man. He's jamaling out. He's jamaling teams up next. (laughs) (laughs) What was the most important, impressive part of BYU's win? (laughs) Welcome back, sports friends. Spencer Linton, Jerem Jordan, and Radio Vision Live on BYU Radio, simulcast on BYU TV. Hey, we'll be live on uh, Facebook Live with the Kalani Satake press conference and select players coming up at 1 Eastern time today. So an hour, uh, excuse me, in uh, 24 minutes. So that's coming up quick. We'll also have a recap, so hang with us on Facebook Live, uh, Facebook.com slash BYU Sports. You think people want to hear from the head ball coach today? Now I want a perfect game. <laughs> Last week it was, I want a complete game, and he got it. So what does he want this week? Yeah, um, just keep asking for things. Yeah, what, what, what does Kalani get this time? <laughs> Speaking of that complete game, BYU football beat Michigan State convincingly 31-14 in East Lansing on Saturday. The Jamal Fence led the way with 163 yards, scored two touchdowns. BYU now 3-3 three and three after six games this season at the halfway point. Here is Kalani Satake after the win. I feel good about the game and just really happy about our players and our coaches that worked extremely hard for this win. And I'm glad it all came together. You know, um, all three phases were great and uh, really looking forward to celebrating this one. Cougars host Mississippi State Friday night. Homecoming game at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Countdown to kickoff starts promptly at 9 Eastern on BYU TV. And per the tradition, tradition, I brought back something from Michigan State. This is the game credential. Who doesn't want to remember this game? Yes. Okay, go pin it up. Okay, Go pin it up. That's awesome. At least it wasn't a uh, rainbow monkey. Cougars in the NFL update. Week 5, Dennis Pitta had seven catches for 59 yards for the Ravens against Redskins in a loss. Kyle Van Noy had three tackles for the Lions against the Eagles in a win. Van Noy tweeted the following after BYU's win. Okay, Brigham, holding down in Michigan today. Congrats at BYU football. He's a guy that lives in Michigan, so that was of increased significance to KVN. You should have seen how many Kyle Van Noy jerseys were at the Michigan State game and around oh, nice. Lansing. Yeah, You're that, so, Like Lions jerseys or yes, BYU jerseys? Yes, oh. Lions jerseys. Nice. BYU fans wanting to support both BYU and Kyle Van Noy because they happen to be playing on the same weekend. Pretty cool did, stuff. Did Ziggy show up to the game? Ziggy did he, not he, show I know up he on the sideline. To go to the game. He was, I know he's got the ankle injury. Yeah. And so, oh, he was at the game. I didn't see him on the sideline, though. Hmm. Maybe he got snuck in, but he was not there before the game. I know hmm. that. So, anyway... I'm glad he made it because he witnessed one of the all-time great wins in BYU football nice, independence. Nice addition, man. Hey. Nice pin, bro. That, that's, one, that's one to remember. Brian Logan in his Pinterest interest would uh, love that pin right there. Real you know men saying? pin things <laughs> said on the show last week by so Brian Logan. So says Brian. 
13th ranked BYU women's volleyball swept Pacific in the Smith Fieldhouse on Saturday. Three sets to none. McKenna Miller, the freshman, led the way with a team-high 12 kills in that victory. Number 5 women's soccer lost on the road Saturday. 25th ranked Pepperdine won nothing. The Wave scored in the 75th minute via a penalty kick. WCC ref strike again. The loss ended the Cougars' 11-game unbeaten streak. It always has to be a penalty kick, right? AP poll just came out, by the way, in football. Uh, Ooh, BYU's okay. not in the top 25. They're 3-3, three and three, so don't get crazy. Uh, Boise State is up to 15. Keep winning! That's the game next week. Keep winning! In like 11 days. Because BYU and Taysom Hill are coming to town, baby! Oh, oh my goodness. Okay, ju- just a taste, okay? When Taysom Hill f- starts and finishes a game against non-Power Fives, 11-0. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's perfect. 11 to no. Okay, so next week we'll talk about that some more. What was the most impressive part of the BYU win over Michigan State at J underscore Jones 86 said both sides of the ball finally firing on all cylinders. We've arrived. Now, the part that I like the most that it's not being discussed, this is an offensive kind of culture at BYU. The BYU defense balled out, man. They only gave up 14 points. The opening drive, they gave up 75. And seven points, and then after seventy-five yards, seven points. Then after that, it was like three and out city, man. Michigan State could not move the rock. They switch quarterbacks. They get a touchdown kind of late when it's kind of over already. Anyways, two hundred six yards of total O, fourteen points for Michigan State. They were fantastic. Michael Davis didn't have an interception before that moment. He tiptoed his way down the sideline for like 18 yards. That was awesome. It was a beautiful play on his part. He baited the quarterback in a cover-two defense into throwing that ball and then recovered in time to make the interception. How about Cy Tautu, by the way? So he's suspended for the first half. We don't even mention it because he's, he's kind of like a backup, right? He comes into the game. He has six tackles, which tied a team high, two sacks. <laughs> he has a tackle for loss, and then he has a sack right away. How yeah, about that? I was joking with him during the postgame, like, hey, maybe you should watch the first half up in the coach's box, <laughs> scout things out, and then come down and uh, go to work. Yeah, he checked in, boom. There you go. Hey, I like the way that we're going, uh, the direction we're going with this Twitter machine. Let's, let's fire it up some more. At L Wink 10 answers, what was the most impressive part of the BYU win over Michigan State? I was impressed how we had our best offensive performance after Malik McDowell, Michigan State's first round or projected first round draft pick, came back into the game. He sat out the first half because of a targeting penalty against Indiana. He came back in, made two good plays, then nothing. True that, man. And, and something else that stuck out for me. The play of the game no one's talking about. BYU has a tackle-eligible player, Quinn Ficklin, who? He's a backup offensive lineman. He's wearing Troy Hines' number, but it says Ficklin on the back, okay? So that was new for this game. He comes into the game. Taysom Hill throws a nice ball to him. Ficklin makes the catch. He goes down. The ball pops up. There's a question as to whether that's a catch. In the NFL, that's not. In college, I think it is. But BYU snaps the ball quick on the next down after the first down, and Taysom Hill scores a 12-yard touchdown. Will Broken at oh, that point. It, it was Quinn Ficklin. Who? They called Troy Hines. It wasn't Troy Hines. The patience displayed by Taysom Hill on that play was very notable. Going along with the good decisions that you kept talking about, he waited and waited and waited. Ficklin created some space on the sideline. As line, a lineman, <laughs> caught the ball right in front of me, and I wondered. I'm like, oh, did he hold, did he hold on to it? Did he hold on because to it? Because he went to the ground and boop. But BYU snapped it. Yes. Take advantage of the system. Well executed, my friends. Well executed. Up next. 
Who does ESPN have BYU facing in the Poinsettia Bowl now? Mountain oh. West. Uh-oh. And where did the going for two records stand halfway through the season? This oh. is BYU Sports Nation. Someone got both. BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Spencer Linton, Jerem Jordan, live from Studio B. If you happen to miss an episode of this show live, you know the drill. Rebroadcast airs weeknights on BYU TV starting at 6 p.m. Eastern. And tomorrow night at 7 p.m. Eastern, catch uh, Dave McCann, Blaine Fowler, Brian Logan, and David Nixon on After Further Review. 7 Eastern time, they break down the Michigan State game and get you ready for Mississippi State. Twitter question today. What was the most impressive part of BYU's win over Michigan State at Adam underscore Sheets 1? Jamal, Squally, and Taysom dominated the run game. We've finally proven our offensive identity. Robert and I once called us Thing 1 and Thing 2. He also said to us that uh, it takes about six games to figure out who you are on offense. And I thought, six games? That's so long. It's true. It takes a while. And now that we're six games through, we've finally seen BYU's true colors, as Phil Collins once told us, <laughs> come out. And BYU is a run-oriented, line-of-scrimmage-dominating kind of team. I love this Twitter response from at Kimber Demke. says, we beat them fair and square at their stadium without any dirty penalties <laughs> to tarnish the victory. It was a hey, clean game. And if there were missed hey, winning's, penalties... Winning's winning. If I, there were missed penalties... It would have come on Michigan State side. The targeting calls that yes. were not whistled yeah. were notable. And and you know, certain certain uh play calls inside the five were not as picked on after the fact, although I will pick on it in a second. <laughs> because it cost me. <laughs> it came back to bite you. Come on! It's time that we're held accountable because BYU Sports Nation went for two. The question is, did we score the two? Can you predict the future? These guys think they can. We're going for two on BYU Sports Nation. All right. We were tied up after last week. I was making a comeback. A whopping whopping 30% correct for both of us. (laughs) Three out of ten. So three wins, seven losses. And uh, I had to uh, go the conservative route. I I I gave you quite the hard time. I went the conservative route per se. In these predictions this week, but guess what? Sometimes you have to win conservatively. Yeah, I'm going to say, like, Johnny Linhan's going to punt at least two times. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. You might not have won last week. <laughs> well, he punted twice. Oh, he did. There's twice. always two okay. punts. Come on. <laughs> Number one, I said BYU as a team will rush for 150 or more yards. BYU ran for 260. With about uh. seven minutes left in the game, they were right at 150. Yeah, so, so you I was had like, it. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. You, Very cool. You and then, blew that one out of the water. Then Jamal breaks off that long run late, mm-hmm. and that pads the stat. So BYU does that. <laughs> and here's the thing. How many yards had Michigan State been giving up before they played BYU? 105.5. Yeah, 105 rushing yards to every team they had played, including Notre Dame and Indiana, two other P5s. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, So they were a good defense. BYU crushed that. I was right. I'm, I was like fantasy football, by the way, because I was like, yes, I want BYU to do this. But no, Spence is going to get his going for two. <laughs> like, no, yes, yes. The emotions. Nope. The emotions yeah. of that are very real in yeah. our day and age. Number two. I said BYU will hold Michigan State to 20 points or less. I, two I, now, for two. No, I thought that was, that was pretty bold, right? They, they had they're struggled at their on home, offense. They're at their home field. They averaged 22.8. So it wasn't that crazy, but I was like, man, that's the one that mattered the most. 
That's the one that matters most. Just holding them They're down, on right? their home field, frustrated, coming off of an overtime loss to Indiana and getting blown out by a very good Wisconsin team, but they put up a ton of points against Notre Dame. So BYU to hold Michigan State stinks. in their own stadium, yeah. but in their own stadium to hold them under 20. That was impressive. Absolutely. Yeah. They scored 14 okay. points. So you, you got both, which is pretty good, man, which is pretty good. I'm going to have to uh, go that route this week. Uh, my first pick, <laughs> BYU will lead at halftime. Hey, if Algernon Brown isn't the guy to run twice, why isn't Jamal Williams getting the ball? BYU would have led 10-7. Come on, Ty. Hey, you sound like me after the Arizona game. I know. Cotton Eye Joe, let's go. Number two, Michigan State won't have a 100-plus yard individual rusher. Yeah, nailed it. Gerald Holmes uh, led Michigan State with 57. He had all 57 in the first half. So I thought, oh, if that keeps going. But the BYU defense shut him down. So I went one for two. So on the season, Spencer, five for seven. I am, or excuse me, five and seven. Mm-hmm. I am four and eight. So I am now down one on the season. At, the, get at the midway point. At hey, the midway point. If I have a perfect week against Mississippi State, I'm 500, baby. <sighs> Let's go. Listen, now, somebody, some of us are shooting threes, and you're shooting 15-footers. Some, somebody brought up a good point. Uh, I can't remember the Twitter account that said it. On Saturday night, when, or on Friday, when you guys were giving me a hard time about my conservative going for two picks, said, Look, he's going for two. The rest of you are all throwing Hail Marys. Spencer's actually going for two. So we're going to keep it that simple now? I don't know. Come on, are man. We, are we, we, we how, challenge ourselves. The world is our campus. 20 or less in their own place? You're telling me that wasn't bold enough? They had scored 27 the previous two games. So, no, they were stinking already. Oh, my goodness. They played Wisconsin. Okay, that was a good team. And Indiana. A top 10 team that Indiana, they Indiana, foot- I didn't even know they had football they scored, last week. Hey, they, scored at least, they scored 20 or more on the road, didn't they? They were coming home. They were coming home, and BYU held them under 20. I thought we were going fifth gear in this. I'm going to gear down to third on Friday. Good. It's all about winning now, isn't it? It's all no, about winning. No, it's about winning with style. <laughs> it's, look, Alabama doesn't win with style. They just win, man. They just win. So you're calling yourself Alabama? Is that what of you're the going for do <laughs> proje- uh, you're, predictions? You're yes. five and seven. Yes. You are not Alabama. You are five and seven. <laughs> I'm not thirty percent anymore, <laughs> which I'm happy about. Trying to get back to five hundred and win four and eight. <laughs> Wolf. Jason Shepard, by the way, also one for two. Yeah, come on though. He said someone else tried to say someone throw a TD pass. Okay, that was, th- now that that's just bonkers. That's Brian Logan esque. There'll be zero two point conversions. <laughs> Now that's the epitome of conservative. Yeah, come on. Doesn't count. Up next, the Cougar Whip Around. Big wins for cross country and women's volleyball. Alabama. BYU Sports Station presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. Alabama, get out of here. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Football. Brigham Young beat Michigan State 31-14 in East Lansing Saturday. The Jamal Fence led the way with 163 yards and two touchdowns. BYU is now 3-3 three three at the halfway point of the 2016 season. The, the Cougars take on Mississippi State in the homecoming game this Friday at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Countdown to kickoff starts at 9 Eastern time on BYU TV. ESPN projecting BYU will play, wait for it, Wyoming or Air Force in the Poinsettia Bowl. Cougars in the NFL. Boring. Week 5. <laughs> Dennis Pitt had seven catches for 59 yards for the Ravens against the Redskins. Kyle Vanoy had three tackles for the Lions against the Eagles. Vanoy tweeted the following after BYU's win. Okay, Brigham, holding down in Michigan today. Congrats at BYU football.
Volleyball. BYU sweeping Pacific in the Smithfield House on Saturday. McKenna Miller had a team-high 12 kills in that three-sets-to-none victory. Soccer. BYU lost on the road at 25th-ranked Pepperdine, 1-0. The Wave scored in the 75th minute on a penalty kick. The loss ended the Cougars' 11-game unbeaten streak. Cougars in the association. Big rush of five because that's his Twitter handle. Kyle Collinsworth had four points, three rebounds, and two assists in nine minutes for the Mavericks in a preseason game against the Milwaukee Bucks on Saturday. Baseball. The Batcats tied Michigan State 12-12 in 14 innings in a scrimmage on Saturday. It makes no sense. That's just what they did. Softball. In exhibition play, BYU beat Salt Lake Community College 11 to nothing on Friday and swept a doubleheader against Boise State on Saturday 6-4. And six to five. Cross country. Speaking of at Spuddy underscore Buddy said less than two weeks until Spuddy Buddy abuse starts up again. Someone <laughs> created an account. It's a picture of Spuddy Buddy on set. <laughs> Jerem's <laughs> going to abuse Spuddy Buddy. <laughs> I'll throw him off. That, come on. The third ranked men's team and the fifth ranked women's cross country teams both finished first at the Stephen Reader Memorial Cross Country Invitational on Friday. Swimming and diving. The BYU men's team had dual victories over Utah and Colorado Mesa. Shout out to Grand Junction folks. And the women's team beat Air Force, Utah, and Colorado Mesa in the Intermountain Shootout, somehow in swimming. Golf. The men's team begins competition today at the Alistair McKenzie Invitational. The women's team begins competition today at the Pat Lesser Harbottle Invitational. Track and field. Connor McMillan finished 27th overall in the Chicago Marathon this weekend with a time of 2 hours, 23 minutes, and 28 seconds. Wow. Well done, Connor. Wow, he's a current BYU student. That's pretty impressive. Hey, future guests, uh, this week Blaine Fowler and David Nixon will join. I believe it's David Nixon. Oh, my bad. Yes. My bad. David Nixon. You're the uh, Alabama of going for two picks, so <laughs> I'll take your word for it. It's like the the way you say a person's last name, like Blaine talked about with mine. Mm-hmm. He says, where well, you are, Spencer Linton. Linton. Yes, Linton. Very formal, yes. <laughs> yes. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Help when you need it most. DexterLaw.com. Go spot Bullsby. I uh, hope he was watching. Also, Jamal Williams. Yeah, I hope he was watching Jamal. And the Jamal. offensive line. The entire team. I mean, that was a heck of a win. Maybe the best win in independence. If it's not, it's like top three. You would think it has to be, it's right? right there. Just because right of there. everything that went into it. Also, uh, rise and shout to Kalani Satake. It's his uh, 28th birthday. It's <laughs> <laughs> Happy birthday, Happy birthday, coach! Yeah. What was the most impressive part of the BYU win over Michigan State? At Lizzie Fair says Jamal and Squally dominating in the run game against a Big Ten defense. That mm. goes to the offensive line. They wore down Michigan State. They beat them down, and the two running backs took advantage. Amen. Elite tweet of the day, at CPA underscore Coop. Basically taking a Big Ten style of football straight into Big Ten country and dominating on national TV. Hashtag leave no doubt. Thanks, Trevor Maddich and everyone on our crew. Conversation continues on Twitter. Use hashtag BYUSN. Our show on demand, BYUSN.com. Audio podcast on iTunes and the TuneIn app. For Jeremiah Spencer, shout out to Bruce Quinton. BYU Sports Nation back at it at noon Eastern. We'll see you on Facebook Live.